Thanks for tuning in to the Medivac Podcast, powered by the Robert Irvine Foundation, whose mission is to support and strengthen the physical and mental well-being of our nation's heroes and their families. They provide them with life-changing opportunities, resources, and support through food, wellness, community, and financial support programs. I'm one of your hosts, David Reed. And I'm your other host, Christian Myers. Thank you for joining us on the Medivac Podcast today. If you're new here, there's a price for the show. You have to share it with a friend or family member if you get something out of today's episode. And by God, you're going to get something out of today's episode. We got an, a fantastic guest today with a huge yes. amount of hil- uh, military experience here. Tons. Yeah, <laughs> we've got Will Chesney here. He is a uh, former Navy SEAL, spent some time at Team 4 and then uh, Development Group, and has been on some notable raids, including Osama bin Laden, as well as uh, Captain Phillips, which is... Uh, pretty wild so will thanks very much for joining us today you've got some pretty extensive experience and uh being a dog handler too that's pretty wild dude it was a good job thanks for having me on guys sorry we kept having to push it just oh dude life gets busy it's good to be here life does get busy sometimes busy yeah yeah absolutely did so in did it really happen you know look at me i'm the captain (laughs) that's right (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure we'll dive into that but let's kind of rewind a little bit and talk about how you got started like what prompted you to join the military so i grew up in southeast texas Hmm. i grew up in a trailer park it was a, a little bit of a nicer trailer park still a trailer park all right so trailer park in southeast texas there's not much to do man like basketball drugs the mall like that's pretty much the plethora of opportunities you know i didn't sounds familiar yeah yeah i wasn't really big on college i don't know i didn't really have a passion to want to go be a doctor lawyer i don't know yeah i kind of sucked at school unless like it was it was pretty bad i remember wasting a lot of time in school it's like (laughs) i don't want to do this like i wanted to leave the trailer park i wanted Mm. to serve i wanted to do something with my life, man. Like, yeah. like I, said, I had a good family. It wasn't the worst trailer park, but it's still a fucking trailer park in Southeast Texas. Like I got to get the fuck out of here yeah. before I start doing meth with the guys down the fucking street. And yeah, for sure. Locked in I'm it. good. Like, yeah. The mall sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I suck at basketball. And you got to escape that early too. So many people get trapped in that black hole that is like their hometown, yeah. especially in small towns like that. I mean, yeah, Dave and I grew up in a small town all the I same. I grew up in a trailer park as well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And that is, I feel like that is just special operations <laughs> standard if you're not abused doing drugs and beaten in a trailer park you probably have no business being a special operation that's That's where it stems from right yeah that's it man childhood trauma makes a good warfighter that's yeah it's pretty it's it's science you know it's broken it down a couple times yeah we you know numerous guests on this show who have special operations backgrounds have troubled pasts Mm. yeah yeah, very interesting. I've noticed that too. Yeah, not always, but there's a not always good majority. Yeah. Butterflies yeah. and sun, sunshine for some. As <laughs> <laughs> a conventional war fighters, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, man, wanted to get out. Didn't really want to go to college. I was like, man, I suck at school, kind of. Yeah. So I heard about SEALs, like Special Forces. I want to serve. Like, let's get out yeah. of here. Let's go join the Navy. Mm. Um, I love the water, and I heard SEAL training is some of the hardest military training in the world. I'm like, all right, let's uh. Let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Give yourself a challenge. That that job seems like pretty good. And so that was it, man. Once I was in it, I was in it to win it. Like Mm. nothing else. Like that's all I was thinking about. I remember in high school was probably one of my worst subjects was English. I hate writing fucking papers. So my, it's just not my thing. (laughs) My English teacher was like, we have, I was supposed to write a paper on a certain top topic subject she gave us. And I literally wrote it on the history of the SEAL teams. 
she should have failed me, but luckily she was really cool. She passed me. She was like, I was just driven. Like, I know you told me to write my paper about this, but mm, <laughs> why don't you give me something I really want to study? So that's yeah. what I did. I handed a paper and she's like, this has nothing with what I told you to write about. I was like, sorry. Grade the writing. <laughs> and she, yeah. she passed me and she was she cool about it. But like, yeah. it was like once I, my mind was set, I mean, it pretty much has to be like that with any sort of special operations program. You can't half-ass it. Agreed. Yeah. You got to really want, you got a full asset for sure, man. <laughs> you got to really want to be there. So that was it. Love the water. Mm. Wanted to see if I had what it took. And then I was like, yeah, I remember like getting high school. I was a poor ish kid in, you know, Southeast Texas. All the guys were like, what are you going to do after high school? I'm like, I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL. Sure, you yeah, are. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah really we'll see how that works out. <laughs> yeah. Man, I just hit it hard nonstop. And I did fairly well. I did okay, man. I just, I learned some valuable lessons. I, uh, I joined for selfish reasons. I mean, I wanted to serve sure. my country. But selfishly, man, I wanted to do learn. Cool I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Like, yeah. I want to do cool shit, and I want to be a SEAL and approve everybody have what it takes. And, mm. man, I gained such a good family. I love my family that I have in Texas. Don't get me wrong, but it's a different – you guys know it's a different fucking family. Like, Entirely. holy shit. Yeah. I got a whole new family going from the trailer park where I can't really trust many people. There's a couple guys, but mostly mm, – Not so much. I don't really yeah. trust anybody. Yeah. yeah. And then now I'm like, I trust everybody. Like, yeah. Fucking A, right. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure that I was go a- this to this – like I found myself on a beach in Coronado, California. All I got to do is get my nuts kicked in. Yeah. I'm like, cool. This is fucking easy. I get to yeah. exercise, hang out with some cool people. Eventually we're going to start shooting. I'm going to learn all these valuable life skills. I'm going to learn mm. how to be a Navy SEAL. I'm like, yeah. Dude, yeah. this is easy. It's just pain. Like, yeah, I can mm. take the pain. I really want to be here. Mm. I can, I can accept a certain amount of pain for sure. That's what it comes down to is like, you have to want to be there yes. and they, they'll fish out the people who don't want to be oh, there. Yeah, they'll figure that yeah. out real quick. Yeah. So, so you, you were pretty streamlined through that, that program I, and it was pretty easy to you or I mean, it wasn't easy. I wouldn't say, but I was yeah. 17 when I signed it. up. Yeah, it was totally it was super easy. easy. Yeah. I, was, I was born <laughs> for it. It was the last hard right, buds man. class. <laughs> I actually yeah. enjoyed buds. Like yeah. Yeah. I would go back cause we had such a solid class. That's where I would say I made, like I have best friends from in the teams mm-hmm. and at the squadron, but like my really solid core group of guys I made in buds. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure. Like yeah, all yeah. that hard training going together and coming together. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that, where I made it. That solidifies that bond. It really did. Yeah. So yeah, when you go through the suck together, there's nothing else like mm-hmm. it. Yep. Yeah. So it wasn't easy, but I would do buds. I would rather do buds than screen for development group any day. <laughs> any day. Sure. Like, Take the long walk. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that so let's talk about that. So training, you, you get through the program, you're assigned to uh, what group? I went to SEAL Team 4 after Team four. graduating buds. Okay. did a few deployments there, both to Iraq, a little bit of South America. And then once I returned from those deployments, I screened for dev group. Okay. And luckily, so I got, pretty. That's pretty quick, right? It's pretty quick. It was about three years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, is that is that like average for a lot of seals who go dev group? Yeah, you have to do a minimum of two deployments. Okay. And then you're allowed to screen. Okay. Some guys get away with it a, a little bit earlier mm-hmm. if they're lucky, but yeah. The standard is do a couple of pumps so you can build that reputation. Your reputation is everything in the seal teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure it's in every community. Your reputation is everything. So. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of a past performance behind you, and then um, you can put in your packet to go screen. Okay. And the guys will look, see who's coming through, be like, "Mm, this guy's reputation is good, good, good. Let's think about this. Mm. You know, 
if you're not a proper fit, you're not a proper fit. So yeah. I don't know how my, my packet got picked up, but it did. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do a lot of like uh, personality testing for, for the group, right? There's some personality testing. Yeah. There's some interviews mm. where you just sit down and, and get, talk, man. Get like, to know you as a why, person. Why do you too. want to come? Yeah. What's, what's your mindset? It's no joke. You have to be able to perform. I mean, the, the SEAL teams period are no joke. Yeah. So to be at that level, it's, yeah. it was an honor to be there. A massive difference. It's a big difference. So. Yeah. What is the, the defining difference between like a conventional SEAL team, if you want to call it that, versus development group? What would be like the, the definitive difference between the two? So we definitely have a bigger budget. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> better training capabilities, okay. better budget. Maybe we have a little bit of leeway of getting away with certain things that you might not find in the regular SEAL teams. Mm. I mean, everybody's still training super hard. Yeah. We're just allowed to maybe, we have that budget. So we're like, hey, we want to do this for these reasons. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And it's Run more specialized, it. more specific to every tool set that you've already previously learned in SEAL teams, right? So CQB is just more advanced. Right? It is more advanced. They mm. beat that into us um, for sure. sure. Like you have to be able to perform at a certain level. That was the hardest part of getting through the selection was you mm. can you perform everybody's a seal we know you're not going to quit yeah so they still i mean still kick the shit out of you yeah to because they can't really shoot at you can't put you in the stress mm. they have to find some way to put you under stress which mm. physical stress is a real thing so they're screaming and put you under physical stress and then you have to perform sure so that's the big difference you still have to perform in buds but there's a big difference between passing pool comp in buds which is very hard evolution mm -hmm. but cqb day after day after day after day like under the microscope yeah you'll literally disappear in a day like i'm having a bad day well you haven't been performing that great anyway so uh, if you have a bad day you're just that could be it you just disappear man you just yeah. you're asked nicely to to leave and if you do not pass the standards are you sent back to your seal team yes mm -hmm. hey, you'll okay. go back to your seal team you can apply again say maybe you were doing fairly well. It just wasn't your time. Like mm -hmm. you need to go back to your team, develop a little bit more, possibly come back. Like you're a solid guy. Like yeah. you have a good attitude. You probably should be here. Maybe just go back to your team. This not, is what you need to work on. Screen again. Ready. You're yeah. just not quite you, ready. So you, get, you see that answer quite a bit. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And how, how is that experience? I'm sure while you were in preparation for your packet to be dropped, you saw other guys came in who didn't successfully accomplish that. Yeah, I think it was about a about a fifty fifty. Yeah. Oh, really? Fifty percent ish. Yeah, it's hard for me to remember a lot of things. I blame it on the TBI. <laughs> That's fair. But I would say around fifty, maybe sixty percent success rate. Mm. Which is, I mean, for people at that level who are performing, right? Already seals <laughs> yeah. in the what, top. You know. Buds, I think it's seventy five, eighty percent attrition rate. Yeah. Yeah. So having a fifty percent attrition rate at the top layers top level, on yeah. Layers. Yeah, and it's everybody's a seal. Nobody's quitting. It's all performance. So. Yeah, that makes sense. It was. A lot of stress. And Bud's kind of easy comparatively. Like you just show up and like, all right, cool. What are we going to do? Log PT, surf passages. I can get my nuts kicked in and have fun with my friends. Yeah. Tell fuck, fuck jokes. Like we're still going to have fun. Mm -hmm. It's just pain. Like I said, like, yeah. cool. I can do all this and you still have to perform, but it's not like under the microscope perform mm. like yeah. every day. Like, shh, I don't want to go away. Like I want to be here. I want to run and gun with the best. Yeah. I want to learn. I want to keep advancing in my career and learn and learn and learn and it's cool. I had nothing else going on. I was in my 20s at that time. So early 20s. I was like, yeah. What else am I going to do with my life? I'll go back to the trailer park. Meth is sounding better. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm, yeah. I'm good. 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a challenging one. So especially when you have that high level of performers on there that are still hitting that fifty percent, sixty percent dropout rate. Yeah, dude, we did a lot of shooting, a lot of CQB, a lot of jumping, a lot of shooting, mm. and so. What was your favorite? Not the jumping. I'm like this guy. Like when you're asking me to go do the seven uh, X event, I'm like, I'm not a big jumper. Yeah, not so much. Eh, I'll <laughs> yeah. do it. I was proficient ish, but uh, it's not my favorite. Where, yeah. where are we jumping? Is it a cool spot? If we're just jumping to jump, like, what's the special occasion? Yeah, why? Why now are we doing this? <laughs> the big, big thing was heights, man. Uh, I don't like heights. Mm. Okay. Like even as a kid, I before joining the Navy, like really, like probably one of my biggest fears is heights. I fucking hate heights. Mm. I worked, my dad did cell phone communication towers. He did construction on them. Oh, shit. So I was like, all right, man, you want to be a SEAL? Like, why don't you go work with your dad? It was a good time to spend time with my dad. Yeah. It was a better paycheck. Mm-hmm. Cell phone communication tower it pays well. Yeah. And, you know, test your fear of heights. And it was, it was not easy. So. Yeah, face your fears. Face your fears. Like, if you can't get up your ass up this tower, you're not going to go and jump out of an airplane and do all this other stuff. So, so it was good. How many jumps do you have at this point? I honestly don't even know, man. I would guess 300-ish. We jumped quite a bit. I think it was 50 just to get qualled. And yeah. still, you and then, still have that just fear of heights. Every time you, I go up in the plane, I'm like, oh, fuck. As soon as the <laughs> door opens, as soon as you leave the ramp, I'm like, oh, what, what, what was I thinking? Like, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. It's the ride up. That's the worst. Every time I'm like, how is this still happening? Let me see the O2. Yeah. <laughs> Hitting the O2. Relax yeah. a little bit. Just chill, yeah. bro. Exit. Like. I've had an incident. Such a common thing, too. Such a common thing. I almost took my buddy out. Like I was tracking, and I wasn't that great of a jumper. I was trying to track to him, and I didn't pump the brakes fast enough to slow down. And I shot right under him. We get on the ground, and I love this guy. And he's like, "What the fuck were you doing?" (laughs) I am so sorry. He's like, "Hey, man, you stare, you stair step on the way down." And we're yeah. We're jumping with some pretty high performance guys, and oh yeah, yeah, I definitely learned a lesson that day. I never forgot. I'm like, all right, man, don't try to push it too much when it comes to jumping. Like, just ease it in. Ease yeah. it in. Yeah. You know the game, baby. Ease yeah. it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to go in too fast. No, nah, it was a lesson learned. Like, he's like if you run into me like that, like oh, going yeah. that fast, yeah, that could be it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've lost actually, guys. Yeah, colliding in the air. Huh? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, pretty unfortunate. Yes, it is. Yeah. Ease on in. I forgot. Know, ease yeah. on in. Ease on in. Stair step it in. So I learned stair step that yeah. day. And I'm like, cool, noted. Don't Should just track right into the pack, bro. What I did you it doing? on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was trying to take you guys out. You were in my way. <laughs> hey, Roy and Jenkins. Yeah, you were in my way. <laughs> yeah. You were in my path. Yeah. I forgot how I got off on this tangent. I think you were asking another question. I just. Oh, you know, we're just ramble. talking about what, what you love to do. Uh, not ah. jumping was one of which. Yeah. Man, the CQB, that's like a. That's a. It's a great, mm. great little puzzle. Yeah. It's great, man. Especially and, when you get it's around. It's different every time. It's different every time. Especially mm. you get around a bunch of guys that are really smart and that love it just as much as you. Yeah. And just sit there. I mean, even just sitting there listening to the guys talk about it, it's like, I could sit here and listen to this shit all day. Like, mm. Yeah. And just getting to do runs through houses and be efficient in the kill house is pretty. It's a lot of knowledge I gain there. Yeah. And it's perishable. I mean, I that's, feel, a, that's an art form. It it's is an perishable. art form. Yeah. It's an art form watching watching guys, especially at levels like that, move through buildings. It's so so impressive. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it's like, crazy. Yeah, being able to work together like that, very little communication, and you have to be as fast as possible. Yes, and that's that's so impressive. Doing the hostage rescue, accurate as possible. Oh yeah, that's, no, that's no, on top of it. Can't, yeah, can't take out the hostages. Can't mm-hmm. take out the civilians. It's you like, got so many variables to these. 
you just look around sometimes like how many guys do we have we just cleared this entire structure mm. and what was our time like really that was our time no shots missed it's like holy fuck mm. that's impressive yeah yeah and it paid off later with the you know we were actually were able to do some hostage rescue stuff not cqb stuff some guys some guys were able to do that but mm. it, the amount of training you put in or the amount of time you put in during training really pays off especially when there's an american hostage's life on the line man mm-hmm. yeah it's no joke mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. so what year did you head over to the development group uh 2008 so okay so you showed up around the end of, end of 2008 okay so you were in for about six years at that point yeah listed in 02 yep. and then okay so you went over 2008 and what was that transition like so you show up at uh at your new team at team six which you know it's incredibly high level as most people know um what's that what the is what's that experience like for you it's great man yeah. just to go through selection was quite the process mm-hmm. so to be able to make it through that and then show up and it was just like you're the new guy again you're or the what? new guy so you're not sure how you're going to be treated you're like all right how's it going to be you show yeah. up and they just like open arms accepted you like mm. i remember really? talking to one of the guys and i'm like is he is this a trick like, yeah. he's being so nice and welcoming me into the family and i'm like what's the catch? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, is that, I don't know if that makes any sense. Sometimes they like to play games. You yeah. show up to the team, the FNG, right? You're yeah. the fucking new guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You show up and you're like, all right, stand up and introduce yourself. And like, you stand up in front of the whole team and they're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, as soon as you down. start singing, <laughs> nobody fucking yeah. cares. Yeah. Like, sit down. Yeah. So I show up. It's a troll. Yeah. The guys coming in, talking to me, like whatever you need. And I'm like, what's the catch? Yeah. <laughs> and it was a, a big difference between when you went to seal team four. Same group of guys, man. Yeah, but like you got the shit when you got there first, I'm sure. Right after Buds. Yeah, like, okay, what are we going to go do? Like, the, oh, this is our training budget. Like, we're going to go do these training trips. And mm-hmm. it was uh, it was definitely different. You got yeah. to do a more variety of cool things, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I remember as a new guy, I came back from one trip. And it was during our personal development cycle. Mm-hmm. So it was basically sign up for whatever schools you want to. Hang out with the family. Do stuff. Just grow. Like, what are you interested in? Grow in that field i come into the team room and i had signed up for really any trips and i sat down and talked to the guy and i went like i signed up for horseback riding dirt bike learning dirt bikes corvettes another jump trip i'm like i just signed up for four like badass trips back to back in under five minutes interesting <laughs> <laughs> i had nothing going on man. Yeah. i was a single 20 something year old i was like i i was yeah. full blast into it and i was like i just signed up for four epic trips and looking back on it these days man just one of those trips would have cost me Way too much. A lot of money. Uh, yeah. Like, money. I just signed yeah. up in five minutes and I'm like, I got my next two, three months full of just fun. Yeah. Badass TDYs. So they, yep. so they give you some leeway to develop the things that you're most interested in or that you have a draw to. Yep. That's interesting. So yep. can you talk about any, any of these schools, these advanced schools? I mean, horseback riding, that's fairly uncommon. You never know when you're going to learn how to pack mules yeah. and ride horses. So just go and spend a, that was actually Rob O'Neill booked that trip. He booked oh, it shit. in his hometown, Butte, Montana. How funny is that? How That's... funny is that? He just wanted a trip back home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you go out there, you learn how to ride horses. Learn so you how can to ride. Apply it to your your tactic repertoire later. How do you pack this mule? Tie the ropes to pack the mule and get it all down. Like that's perishable. I, I you asked me to pack a mule now. I I got nothing, bro. Like a saddle yeah. a horse. Yeah. Mm, it's been a minute. That was a long time ago. That's so interesting. But learning that just in case, you never know when you're going to find a horse in Afghanistan. You're going to learn how to or some mules to pack. Yeah, same with you like never know. you know dirt bikes and yeah. <laughs> Corvettes Which, in Afghanistan. Hey, how know. do you work a high performance vehicle? Yeah. How do you really run this track? Yeah. yeah. Like we sat down. We would, that's what we would do. We would find the best in the world. Hmm. 
for jumping. Let's go get the Red Bull guys. They're pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys jumping out of planes with no parachutes, landing in nets. Like these guys are solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These guys know what to do. So like, how do I run this track the best? How do I run this dirt bike the so best? So you're just getting the best access. Yeah. Like so. we don't have time to really mess around. We're doing a plethora yeah. of things. And, and is that in a window of your like normal training? Is there like six months dedicated to honing those it all varied. special skill sets? Mm-hmm. Things, things would change. I had some six month deployments. I've had some three and mm-hmm. some in between it all. It seemed like it pretty much would change every time. Yeah. Gotcha. And some of them are just real quick. You're there and back. Some of them are real quick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they break it up into sections where you, all right, you're going to go train with your squadron or your team during this set amount of time. Hmm. You might have some time off if you want it. And then you can go work on personal development and go to schools that will advance your career, whatever, Hmm. whatever makes sense. You had a a great group of guys, great leadership where you can just Mm -hmm. sit down and be like, Hey man, what are you interested in? That's how I got drawn into dogs. Yeah. You just sat down with my leadership and was like, man, I really like the dogs. I'm like, all right, cool. Run with it. Or like, I really like jumping. Cool. Run with it as far as you want to go. Okay. So talk, talk about that. Were you a dog handler in team four and then you, you carried that over? Is that something you developed? First time I saw a dog work, I saw a dog work at team four. They did a quick demonstration at one of the training trips we were on. Okay. Uh, it was just a quick dog and pony. Basically put one of the guys in the team in a bite suit, have him run out in the field, release the dog. Yeah. yeah. That's always fun, you know. Watching, yeah, great, great watching time. the dog tackle some dickhead. <laughs> he fall every time. Oh yeah, go run yeah. just to make sure you fall. Yeah, yeah. you're usually gonna fall. Everybody yeah. laughs. Ah, the whole team laughing at you. So that probably that's the first time I saw a dog. Was that quick mm. dog demonstration? Then it's back to working. Okay. And then once I got to Dev Group, that's when I really saw the dogs being. We would use a dog every night, mm. and man, those dogs got worked. Yeah. Like, in a very good way. So was, yeah. There's a saying in the book. I remember being in the team room. I don't know who was talking. I just remember being in there and somebody was like, Hey, raise your hand if a dog's ever saved your life. And literally everybody's hand went up. Like, wow. Dogs wow. were being utilized. I saw that on my first deployment, like night after night. I love dogs too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. cool. I also learned at team four, when I showed up as a new guy, I got comm school. You have no choice. You're a new guy. We need you to go to this school. You're going like, you have yeah. no choice. So like, yeah, Hazmat driver, like, oh man, dang it. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Don't want that one. <laughs> Don't want that one. Yeah. I got lucky. I got comm school. So at first, okay. you know, it's like, you know, it's not, I didn't care. I'm like, cool. It's a good skill. School. It's a great skill, it's a right? Skill. Yeah. So I got sent as a new guy, no choice, go to comm school, which mm. became a pain in the ass on deployment because everybody's crypto drops right before the op. Every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. So you're going around, anyways. Yeah. It's not the worst job, but it's not the best job. It's yeah. a very good skill. Sure. I ended up getting that, ended up getting sniper school and then JTAC. Mm-hmm. So then getting all three of those schools early in my career just showed me if you make yourself invaluable, then you get to go on every single lot. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, interesting. Yeah. You can fill every role. You can fill every role. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what else is there? Like medic. You always need a medic, right? Like finding those really, really valuable skills to where it's like, okay, well there's, there might be a lot of breachers. There might be a lot of snipers, but if I, you know, get like a good, a good base of stuff that I can do, mm. I'm not going to get left behind. Yeah. Saw that in the dog program when I was overseas. I'm like, those dogs are a very valuable tool. I yeah. really yeah. want to go out every night. And there's some guys that don't want to operate a dog. Yeah. If you're not being utilized, you're stuck babysitting a live animal, which when I wasn't being utilized as a dog handler, guys are over there kicking indoors, clearing houses, having fun. And I'm So you switch positions quite a bit. Yeah. You have to, just because you show up as a SEAL, as, a, as an operator, and you're good job. Cool. Nobody here gives a fuck. Yeah. Like, what can you provide to us or you can go away? Yeah. What do you think the mass majority of the backgrounds that these individuals had? There's a wide majority, man. Just That's wide. 
mostly trailer park kids, I would say. Now there's a wide, yeah, wide variety uh, of guys, man. You never know what you're going to get. There's yeah. some guys in buds. You're like, oh, that guy looks like he's going to be a seal. Like great swimmers. They're ripped. They just look the part and they're gone. What I mean by background is, is what units are they coming from? Are, are a lot of them seals? A lot of them. They're all, all everybody's forces. seals. Everybody seals. Everybody has to be a seal. Okay. Yeah, it's not like other programs where you can come from a, a wide variety. For us, for mm. for Dev Group, your, your background is seals. Yeah. Okay. We bring in other people as well. Like we'll have some BJs augment us. Okay. So they'll go through training and some other stuff like that. But as far as operators and shooters, some guys would actually go through the selection course. And mm. cool, like good job. Yeah. If you make it through the selection course, like that's really. I know there's a lot of cross school training. Yeah. Well, we will have another selection course for other support personnel that isn't as rigorous as that selection. So okay. it's like some of the dog guys that we have come through the program. We're not going to send them through green team. It's, it's yeah, just doesn't make sense. So sure. we have a separate selection process that they can go through. Still teaches them some very valuable. They're not seals. They're not coming from our background. So it's like yeah. learning the kill house in our capacity. Does that really apply to you, man? Sure. You're going to be mm-hmm. working a dog, or you're going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. So there's another selection process that they can go through that still proves that they need to be there, mm. but it isn't like, but we definitely sent some guys through the whole full selection. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, uh, so you get this first experience with, with dog handling, um, in, uh, when, when you get to the, the uh, development group, can you talk about that a little bit? So your first experience, when did you decide to, uh, become a dog handler and start pursuing that passion? On my first deployment with my squadron, I just, like I said, I saw okay. the value in the dogs. Like yeah. every night that dog is saving somebody's ass, literally like saving lives. Mm-hmm. I brought it up to my team leaders. Like I love dogs. I know I need to find a job. I'm a new guy. I can get away with carrying the ladder for now and taking out the trash, but I need to find something to grow into. Sure. Dogs. And there wasn't a whole lot of guys that wanted to do dogs. So it was pretty, pretty immediate. Like, okay, cool. When we get back from this deployment, you're going to handler school. You're getting, it was actually a dog that we had on that deployment named Falco. Okay. He unfortunately did not make it back from that deployment because mm. he sacrificed his life saving ours. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's pretty happy. It happened pretty quickly. It's like, all right, you'll be getting Falco. You'll be going to this handler course. It is the ball started rolling. Okay. It was great. We, we returned home from that deployment. Like I said, we lost Falco, but he ended up saving at least somebody from getting shot. I would say like mm. that sucked. He was a great solid dog. He was a Malinois. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, get back. We had a group of new dogs that had been some guys. Uh, we had trainers at the command that'll take some uh, some team guys. They'll go overseas or they'll go to different vendors and go on buy trips and they'll mm. select the dogs. Like not every dog, just like not every person, yeah, is going to be a good fit for the command. So mm-hmm. they'll go around to check out all these different vendors and be like, okay, choose five dogs, ten dogs, bring them back. So we had like. I don't know, 15, 20, 30 dogs. Okay. As soon as we return home from deployment, it's like, all right, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about as far as yeah. dog handling. So I just show up and watch the trainers and the other handlers that have been around for a while and the uh, mastered arms. We had mastered arms with us. Just like, this is how you work a bite suit mm-hmm. uh, training exercise. This is how you do odor. This is how you basically do some basic leash handling. Like Just kind of watching and... And learning and getting a feel for them and for that and the dogs as well. So I got to see a wide variety of different dogs. Like I said, they probably had a good 20, 30 dogs. Hmm. And then two dogs stuck out. It was Cairo, obviously, and another dog named Bronco. 
Okay. And uh, I honestly kind of like Bronco a little bit better. I didn't have any idea what the fuck I was talking about. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just showing up as a SEAL watching the dog training. I don't know what any, I don't have any experience with dogs. Like I had yeah. dogs growing up, but as far as handling the dog, different, but, a, different it's animal. a whole yeah. different animal. That's yeah. like when people ask me if I'm a dog trainer, I'm like, mm, I'm a dog handler. Mm. Yeah. They've already been trained. <laughs> They've been trained, <laughs> man. Like, I haven't put in my 10,000 hours and like there's bite work, there's odor work, there's basic handling, there's mm-hmm. there's different types of handling. There's reward based, there's e-collar, there's chain choke chain based, there's there's I mean there's so and that's just the start. Like there's yeah. so much that goes into just decoying and catching a dog alone. Like do I consider myself a good dog trainer? I'm like, "Meh. I did a couple of deployments with the dog. I've handled a dog operationally if like if you want to talk tactics on where to apply a working dog and handling a dog then yeah i have some some ground to stand on there mm-hmm. as far as dog training man that is a deep rabbit hole that i've barely stuck my so toe that into has to be yeah. a common misconception then I mean, is, I'm, oh he's a dog handler he must have trained the dog and those dogs are already trained yeah. yeah i picked up in my couple of deployments as much as i possibly could it was good i went to uh Adler Horse Canine in uh, Ontario, California for, I think it was like nine weeks. Hmm. And that's a long trip. Yeah. Just me, the dog, and all the guys that were going to be handling a dog. And that was a solid course. That was one of the best courses I went to. It's a nine-week-long, fully-emerged training course. Hmm. And, man, like I got a lot out of that course, but that was just like opening my eyes. Like there's Now it's like just catching a dog now you know how to do basic leash work mm-hmm. you've got an idea of how the e-collar works like this is the basic mindset of a dog and how to start but it, man i like just nine weeks is just the beginning mm-hmm. it's like man do, am i even going to be able to deploy with this dog comfortably like there's wow. so much that goes into it okay like, can i keep this dog how do i train this dog to know exactly what i want it to do it can't talk like hey dude i want you to go find explosive odor it's like all right dude okay i understand yeah, you like yeah. no how do i communicate clearly with this dog i need you to go save our fucking life like i need you to find this explosive and when you do i will give you a very good reward please how do i clearly communicate that to a Mm. dog with just my little bit of nine week experience yeah let alone catching a dog finding a bad guy i mean shit there's so much that goes into it so there had to be a lot of on the job figuring it out 100 percent. yeah yeah stuff that's not necessarily written in a rule book somewhere yeah I got, I got my great base, I would mm-hmm. say, from that nine weeks. Love that course. Love those guys. Like, those are fucking amazing people. Yeah. The Reavers, solid people. But, man, that was just the beginning. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you go to this nine-week course, and do you soon deploy afterwards? Uh, I'm assuming yeah. you have a, a first deployment as a dog handler. I do. Dedicated, right? I'd say we had about three months. Okay. I would guess. And then we deployed. Okay. Where Where is this deployment to? Mm. The first point was to Afghanistan. Okay. I can't remember exactly where the first deployment was. Yeah. Blame it on the TBI. Yeah, I just can't think. It's all right. <laughs> it, all kind of, <laughs> it happens, man. It all kind of just merges blends together, together, blends together, man. Yeah. We know how it goes. Yep. Uh, so some of your first experiences then, being a dog handler on deployment, um, doesn't necessarily have to be there, but what's it like transitioning from you know traditional SEAL team deployments to being a dog handler on deployment what's that experience it was um you're mostly just working your dog watching your dog reading your dog Mm -hmm. and using his nose to the best of his capability now are you typically breaching with a team are you sending the dog out to 
you know, find squirters, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or? So you'll be finding squirters, okay. looking for explosives. Mm-hmm. So I'm just watching for any change of behavior for the dog. So mm-hmm. basically like even out front on, if we're patrolling, I'm up front with the dog, letting him off leash and then watching him the whole time. But we're so well trained that everybody knows how to watch the dog. Like, yeah. But it's my job to watch any sort of change of behavior in that dog. Like that dog sees something, mm-hmm. not only keep us out of harm's way to keep him out of harm's way. Yeah. Say we're in Afghanistan patrolling in the middle of nowhere he fucking throws a change of behavior and starts heading right towards a bush. Fucking big bush, change behavior. There's something in that fucking bush. Mm -hmm. So not only keeping us safe or a bridge or whatever the fuck, like I know that dog is on odor. Come here. Recalling him over here to save him and us. And like, all right, let's uh, tell the guys something's over there. I think I see some, I saw a change of behavior. I think there's probably something in this area. Mm. And then reassess. Do we go around? Do we drop bombs on it? We're like, what, what's the situation? It's all situational dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he can't communicate with you, obviously. No, I see to, it. To what so it he, is. Yeah. His he change of behavior is that's the only communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. So his change of behavior is to beeline towards that. Mm, it just depends on what it is. There's different. Okay. But yeah, if I see him acting different, like he's just normally doing his patrol. And then if I see him, I know his tail, every dog has different tails. And I know mm-hmm. Cairo's tail. Like on explosive odor, his, shit, I think it was both odors. If he's on odor, he would throw a change of behavior. I'm like, okay, noted. Maybe let's see if he keeps up with it. Mm-hmm. He had like this helicopter tail thing going on. Mm-hmm. His, his, tail would, his tail would literally just do a, a circle. I was okay. like, okay, he's definitely on some fucking odor. Look at that helicopter tail. Yeah. Everybody yeah. can see that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But every dog's different. I guess that's why we do so yeah, much. It's not like they train the tails <laughs> nah. to a circular formation. <laughs> so it's like knowing your dog, like just yeah. like everybody on knots. I knew every single fucking person. We did so much training on night vision from the back of your head. I know who exactly yeah. who he is for sure. I probably know what you're doing. I know what you're thinking. Mm. Same thing with a dog. Like I, I can read my dog's fucking mind. We've done so much work together. I can pretty much read his fucking mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got that telepathic connection going. Yes. Yeah. And if not, then I'm not doing my job. Mm. Should be like that. Yeah. Which always paid off when somebody ate shit on nods. On the shit ditch, <laughs> oh, I see somebody fall. And they fall like ah, fuck you. You're not getting away with that later. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Wait till we get back. Yeah, <laughs> somebody <laughs> always falls on the patrol, and uh, shit is never ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I remember riding on the helicopter back, like at least waist deep, oh, from absolutely. falling in a shit ditch. Oh, oh, yeah. The whole helicopter stunk. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> everyone hates you. <laughs> I need some shots. Yeah. Stick me with whatever. Oh, my I fell very in the shit first ditch. mission ever was an eight click infill. Nice. And I fell right into a fucking shit canal. Oh, Perfect. No. And I was like, is this setting the standard for how the <laughs> yeah. elements are going to go? Yep, now? that's it. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. The basic <laughs> standard. there oh. just like uh, in, you know, pulling uh, security. It's just, the worst, man. It's the fucking worst. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's a crazy one. So how, how'd the rest of that deployment go for you? It was good. So a little nervous in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So am I going to be able to perform as a dog handler and an operator? Is Cairo going to be able to perform? Like the dog hasn't had a live bite. Mm. We had a little bit of trouble with Falco. The dogs are trained a certain way overseas. They go, usually trained to go into something called like a bark and hold, okay. which is makes sense for law enforcement. They find the suspect, the suspect's being compliant, hands up or whatever. The dog will sit there and bark at them and hold them. And if, suspect moves or does something weird then he can engage hmm. for us that's not going to fly because yeah. i mean that's how falco died two guys hiding in a ditch falco goes and finds the one guy and if he's sitting there barking well i mean even if it's just one guy he's just going to fucking shoot him yeah that's what usually happens is two guys run off fucking dog engages one guy that's how falco died hmm. he's engaging one guy yeah. he gets shot same thing with cairo 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 was shot before the bin laden mission two assholes in a field wow. trying to suck us in guy with a pk up high in a tree 
I think it was a guy. I wasn't over there. I was, anyways, that's a long story. There's a guy with a white light trying to suck us in from what I heard. Okay. There's definitely a guy with a PK up in the tree. Like, get a little closer. It's either that or a suicide vest. Yeah. The dogs engage. We've, they show their hand. But um, what tangent was I just going off of? Totally lost track. I was uh, talking about your deployment. and uh, Oh, so Falco was having a little bit of trouble. He was going into the bark and hold. Hmm. And uh, I was like, oh shit, that's not going to last. Like, he's just going to die. Like, we don't, there's no, his fucker was a great dog, real friendly. It's like, no reason to get him killed if he's not going to be able to get that out of him. Yeah. I remember a couple nights later, Falco got on a real bite and he turned into a monster after that. Like, he clicked. So he went from like, oh man, I really hope he picks it up because it's like, you can't really go into a bark and hold. That's a problem to, I don't have to do this anymore. I can just. I could go just, right into the bike. He turned into a monster. Oh, man. He turned into a great dog. But unfortunately, like I said, he one night he found a couple of guys and he got engaged hmm. and just didn't pull through, man. Yeah. And where were you guys located at at this point? Because you That's have what, to be close by as his handler. Oh, yeah. So we, we were always right up on it. Like, um, hmm. It's like the night Jimmy Hatch got shot. He was a former teammate of mine. We lost a dog named Rimco on that night. His handler was Mike Toussaint. We're always right there. Dog goes up, distracts the guys. They start engaging the dog. The dog gets shot through his head. But as they're engaging, it allows us to get a little bit closer. And mm. like they show their hand, like I know exactly. Usually they'll just go and hide. And yeah. Wait first to get close and fucking explode themselves, or just start spraying and fucking praying. And that's basically what happened. Jimmy took a round through his femur, which fucked him up really bad. And mm. Rimco lost his life, but Jimmy. He's attest that that breathing. dog stays saved yeah. his life i mean mm. if you go fucking talk with jimmy he'll be like that dog saved my fucking life like well good yeah so i wasn't sure like how is he going to perform how am i going to perform but once we got into the rhythm of things it's like mm-hmm. all right this is cool i made a I definitely made plenty of mistakes along my along the road but um i had great leadership to guide me and mentor me and be like hey man you fuck this up don't do it again I'm like cool noted yeah Ooh. but i definitely made my fair share of mistakes that's for sure but sure luckily i had great leadership to guide me in the right direction and once we got into the swing of things it just got better and better and better hmm. yeah i'm sure so you said uh, cairo took some rounds uh before the the osama bin Laden. yeah i think it was the first deployment same thing of falco okay. dying we uh, were tracking a couple of bad guys they were on mopeds loaded down couldn't engage for some hmm. reason i don't know that's a whole different story but um they ended up getting to a tree line, disappearing into the tree line. The, the motorcycles actually split two on each. Okay. We followed one set. Other guys followed the other set. They made it to the one fucking tree line in the middle of nowhere, Afghanistan. Yeah. There's always one out there. <laughs> There's always one out there. <laughs> so we land a safe distance away. We'll make our way up, doing our escalation of force, as mm-hmm. you will, trying to get them to comply. They're shitheads, so they're obviously not going to comply. Mm-hmm. That's when they were fucking... One guy was fucking dickhead was hiking himself up in a tree with a pk trying to get the high ground on us while the other guy's getting set up and i guess uh i made my way to the right flank trying to use the wind and cairo's nose to the best of a best of our ability Mm -hmm. send cairo in he disappears into the tree line cuts left into the wind i can't see him anymore so i can't really call a change of behavior Mm -hmm. but um there's a distinctive difference between our gunshots and the ak rounds so once i started hearing ak rounds i'm like fuck yeah. Seems like he found him. I start to try to recall him. It seemed like an eternity. Um, it was probably like only 30 seconds to a minute, but it seems like forever. I'm like, fuck, my dog is dead. Cairo was mm. solid. Yeah. 
he would listen. I didn't even need the e-collar to recall. Like I could just say Cairo here. And he's, he's coming back to dad. He listened very well. Anybody mm-hmm. could handle Cairo. He wasn't recalling very fast. I'm like, shit, either he's lost in the woods, but mm, yeah. it's not that fucking hard. Like he yeah. knows where I'm at. It's like, shit, it's not good. I heard AK rounds started to get that fucking terrible feeling of like, fuck, my dog is dead. Like mm-hmm. I, we've played this game before. Like, yeah. like we lost Falco. Jimmy's dog just died. I mean, uh, Mike's dog just died not too long before that. I mean, anyways, so it's, we've, we've played this game before. What seemed like eternity, I finally, there was a little bit of a low wall around the tree line. Okay. So the guys were hiding behind that using his cover. I'm making my way down the wall, and I guess it had taken him a while. He had been shot through his chest and shot through his arm. I guess oh, he man. couldn't probably hop back over the wall or some reason. He had to seem like he made his way around the okay. wall. So maybe he found a break in it or something, but I yeah. see him off in the distance. And if anybody knows what a fucking Malinois is, like a German Shepherd, any sort of high energy drive, like they're a million miles an hour nonstop. Yeah. Like you can fucking beat that dog with a hammer. He's going to be like, dude, fuck you, bring it. Like yeah. they yeah. can take some shit. Like, to see him limping towards me, I'm like, like he's just not really moving. He's mm. moving slow, and then as he's moving, he just sort of collapses. And I'm like, "Fuck, Malinois oh, don't collapse. Like, yeah. they never collapse." Um, I was like, "He's dead. Like, he's fucking done." Like, mm. that's the first thing through my mind is like, "Yeah, he's dead. Malinois don't collapse." Um, it was weird though. They always say, "Like, shut off all your emotions if like your teammate goes down." Yeah, you gotta take care of the threat first, right? Yeah. Step over your dead teammate, finish the job. And then you can go address the problem with him. Right. So the yeah. same thing it's like, fuck it immediately hit me like a ton of bricks. Like he's dead. And it was just weird. Like all that emotion shut off. Mm. Yeah. It's like, cool. He's dead. That sucks really bad. And then it was gone. I'm like, it's fucking weird to even look back and say, yeah, that compartmentalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, it happened real quick. I'm like, okay, what's the threat? two assholes hiding in a tree line with 10 to 15 badass motherfuckers. Like they don't need me. Yeah. Like they can handle that. So I didn't run over there to see if I was needed. It's just automatically like you got those two fucking assholes covered. Yeah. They're probably already dead anyways. So I run back to Cairo, see what's wrong with him. And I see he's still breathing. So I'm like, Oh shit, he's still breathing. Like, mm. thank God he's alive. I break out his medical kit. I lay it on the ground. I start taking off his vest I started pulling out all of his equipment, his muzzle. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, it really showed like under such a shitty situation, all that training that we put in just like really come together. Yeah. Like one of the medics up there immediately knew like those two assholes are taken care of. I mean, I'm literally just, all I did was get out his kit and I'm unzipping his vest and getting out his muzzle. Like that's mm. less than 30 seconds, 15 seconds worth of work. Yeah. He was already there breaking open his fucking kit. Wow. His medical kit. Cairo had his own specific medical kit. It's like, fuck yeah, thanks, man. I didn't say shit. I said Cairo's down over the radio, so everybody knew. Yeah. We had a, a wounded teammate. He immediately was fucking on him. Like, mm. cool, I'm not needed here. I'm here. He, I'm getting his. So I'm literally, as I'm putting Cairo's muzzle on, he had already broken open the gauze and is shoving his fingers inside Cairo's chest. Yeah. Enough. I mean, Cairo was wound. A, packing the wound, yeah. man. Yeah. Literally, as I'm slipping the muzzle on, Cairo's trying to bite him. Like, yeah. Cairo's a friendly dog, but you're stuffing fucking yeah. fingers inside an open wound. It's just, just a reaction. Like yeah. He's yeah. like, fuck, trying to get him. Perfect timing. And then as soon as he's getting him stabilized, like, all right, hmm. literally the helicopter, I'm seeing the helicopter come to land. I'm like, it was flawless. Hmm. It was like fucking perfect, man. Like, that's why we put in all the training that yeah. we do. Mm-hmm. 
it was fucking flawless. Yeah, you get seconds to respond instead of... And it literally happened in seconds. Yeah. Like, I'm literally just literally unzipping him and putting my shit here on him. Cool. You're getting him taken care of. And the helicopters, the leadership had already called in the fucking Kazovac bird. Oh, like, man. Epic. Get him on the bird. Get him back to base. There was no veterinary staff on the base we were at at the time. So mm-hmm. literally, like, surgeons... So the helicopter pilots didn't have to put their lives on the line. Like we're still in a gunfight. They yeah. don't have to put their lives on the line for a fucking dog. Yeah. Those one sixtieth pilots. Yeah. Like always fucking hats off to them, man. Oh, absolutely. I'll fly with those guys any day of the oh, fucking yeah. week. Absolutely. Yeah. Save Cairo's life. Thank mm-hmm. you for doing that. Surgeons back on base didn't have to work on him. It's like a fucking dog. Like, no, mm-hmm. he's part of our team. They don't know that shit. Yeah. He's our fucking teammate. They treated him just like part of the team. They didn't have mm-hmm. to. That's incredible. Surgeons on base, saved his ass, got him stable, flew him to Bath. Mm. The veterinary staff, I mean, they worked their asses off all night long, and I, I laid there with him. I didn't think he was going to pull through. They'd done tracheotomy, had tubes in each lung. He was, wow. in, he was in real bad shape. Um, I didn't think he was going to pull through. Yeah. I laid there on the fucking ground with him. I was like, all right, well, if you die, at least I'll be here right next to you. Mm. Woke up the next day, and... He was fucking good, man. Still he was, kicking. He huh? was moving That's slow. Insane. That first day, like, all right, baby steps out, go take a piss. I think it was like the second or third day, all tubes out. He's wagging his fucking tail with sunglasses on. I wish I had pictures I could show you. Oh, man. That's Those Malinois are crazy. Wow. <laughs> the resilience. Yeah. You got shot shit. twice with an AK, and you're like, all right, cool. Two days later, I'm fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go party. Oh, let's go party. Ooh, man. That, that's a seal dog right there. <laughs> Those Malinois are no yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. They can it's take a beating and so keep incredible on going. to wow. hear that they get treated the same as yeah. a teammate. Yeah. As well, they should. Too. As they should. Yeah, they sacrifice well their lives for us. And yeah. people always ask me, is but that fair to the I think for our audience, dog? it's important to realize, yeah. you know, that oh, we yeah. treat our dogs good. At the command, we have a memorial wall for all the guys that we lost. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right beside them are the dogs. Mm. So, that's yeah, not, yeah. Part of the team. Part of the team. Part yeah. of the family. It's incredible to yeah. see that he could pull through after something like yeah. that so quickly. And people always ask me, like, is it fair to the dog? Does the dog know what he's doing? I'm like, well... If you know Malinois or any sort of working dog, it's unfair to not work those dogs. Yeah. Yeah. If you leave them in your house, like most people do, that's not what they're designed for. They need a job. Yeah. They need a job. It's like fucking huskies and sledding. They need a job. <laughs> yes. Give that dog a fucking job. Or yeah. go buy a Malinois, put them in your apartment, and don't kennel them and see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. Have a new fucking apartment. Yeah. You can have holes in the wall. <laughs> you literally eat the drywall. Yeah. yeah. Eat through the fucking drywall. Oh, yeah. Easy. Doors. Rip the doors <laughs> off. Rip, yeah. <laughs> Just. I've had multiple hinges replaced and doorknobs. Multiple. <laughs> multiple. Yeah. They get a little aggressive. It's the one bad thing about writing the book, you know, mm. being a SEAL, you're supposed to be a solid professional. So that's one bad thing about writing the book. You're not supposed to write a book, but it was for my boy. I get to talk a little bit about brain health. I get to tell his story, yeah. his legacy. I get to help a little bit with the brain health and all the trauma that I went through a little bit and some just some of the shit that I saw if I can help anybody else out. But also one of the bad things about writing a book is people hear like, oh, mountain walls are so cool and they go out and buy one and then they oh, can't yeah. handle it and they'll drop it off at the fucking kennel or the yeah. Uh, shelter. Yeah. It's really not fair, man. Yeah, that's it's a, not it's fair a short life span for those dogs. One of so the worst what's things the name of your book? book? It is called No Ordinary Dog. Okay. And you obviously speak about your dog. What, what, can you do a deeper dive of what's in the book? Yeah. So since we were on the Bin Laden mission, Cairo's name was the first name released in the media. If the only name, Mm -hmm. um, I just saw a few things that was, um, published, nothing crazy, nothing really big mainstream, but just some bullshit out there saying people had him. like, that's not fucking Cairo. So this article, I'm like, that's not Cairo. 
has titanium teeth and laser beams coming out of his asshole. I'm like, <laughs> that was a pretty big piece of history. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, fuck me. Like I'm replaceable. Mm. Any person on that whole team, like, you know, I'm very proud of my accomplishments, but sure. compared to some of the other guys, just being completely honest, I'm no big deal. You can go away at any time. You can be easily replaced at any time. Cairo wasn't man. He was a different dog. We had mm. a lot of really solid dogs, but man, Cairo was, he was great. Uh, mm. It's a big piece of history. I just wanted to be able to like, if anybody's going to go down in history, like, cool, let's get the the right story out there. Cool. Now I'm in the spotlight. Awesome. I don't love it, but and you know, it is what it is. And I get to help maybe other veterans with brain health. Yeah. And, and you talk about, you know, you're telling Cairo's story too. I, I yeah. you know, I've, I've read most of the book up till now and the way that you tell the story is much less your point of view and much more a third party's point of view of Cairo's history. Which is, it's, it's honorable thing to do. I didn't want anything to do with the book, honestly. They're like, well, you have to like, literally it's not possible to write the book about Cairo without you being part of it. But the way that you, the way that you tell the story is, is very much about Cairo's history too. Like you, you really, you do a good job of painting that picture of the the amount of work that he did Thank you, and the work that you guys did together. Thank you. So the next question, very happy with how it turned out. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to ask about that fateful night. Which one? Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell us about the, the Osama bin Laden raid. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's an iconic, it's like an iconic piece of history. Like you, you were, you were a part of, it was just like any other night. Yeah. Just who we were going after was different. Obviously it was, um, we'd always get called up to do a whole bunch of different things at that, at that command. Hmm. We're always busy, yeah. but it was fine. I was in, probably late twenties by then ish, mid late twenties. Mm-hmm. Like I had nothing else going on. I don't have a family. It took a lot to get to where I was from the trailer park to here. Like it took a lot of work to get here. Like yeah. I am going to fully immerse myself in this life. I didn't care what the fuck we're doing. That was my new family. Like mm-hmm. I still love my family in Texas, nothing against them, but this is my family. Like, yeah. what mm-hmm. are we doing guys? Like, I don't give a shit what the fuck we're doing. Like I get to be with the boys that I love mm-hmm. going doing cool shit that I love. Like, Cool. We're always getting called up like, hey, you're going to go here. I'm like, cool. I'm going on a fun trip with my family. Yeah. Perfect. I don't give a shit what we're doing. Mm. And we get called overseas to do all kinds of things. And a lot of that stuff just would never come to fruition. It would just get, we call it spin up and spin mm. down. Like, yeah. Right. yeah. So I never got my hopes up. I had learned, I'd been around a little bit by then. Just don't ever get your hopes up. Yeah. If it fucking happens, it happens. Don't mm-hmm. the Captain Phillips thing. Yeah. I didn't believe it until the ramp opened. Yeah. Like, really? Flew all the way over there. I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't believe anything. Yeah, we'll probably just sit here. Ramps open. I'm like, okay, I believe you now. So that was cool. So I just try to learn not to ever get my hopes up. Just work on myself, be around the guys and contribute as much as I possibly can. And I definitely started slacking off on that towards the end of my career, not contributing as much as I possibly can and to the team. But, um, that's it, man. Just focus on that. It's all fun stuff. So they're like, all right, we're going to go do this. And a little bit of weirdness at first, telling different stories. And I was like, all right, cool. I don't care what we're doing. And then eventually it was told, like, all right, we think we have found Bin Laden, mm. and we're going to go get him. And I was like, okay. Ears perk up. I was like, very excited. Yeah. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Try cool. to try to limit Don't those. Get your hopes You've up, heard bro. rumors of this in the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Countless times. Even before I got there, guys were like, oh, yeah, we've done this. We've played this game before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, done cool. this 30 times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's train for it. Like, same shit that we do all the time, guys. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? It's like, all right, different look. Like, we're going to be training here instead of here. Hmm. cool same guys same thing little little different spin on it mm-hmm. 
but man, I, got, I did get excited, of course, you know, try not to get my hopes up as much as I possibly could. But of course, we're, we're very excited. Like, hopefully this comes in, put a lot of work into it. And the intelligence people, I definitely, definitely put a lot of work on their part, man. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, I feel, I feel bad for him. Like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life after this? Because like, <laughs> yeah. you have literally dedicated like a lot of time to this. Like, yeah. what are you going to do after this? Like yeah. 15 years hunting one guy. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do after? Like, <laughs> this Go. has been your life. Yeah. Literally, you were consumed by this. Good on you. But mm. we made sure everybody's wills were filled out. Everybody's life insurance, was, life insurance policy was maxed out because mm. we really didn't think we were going to be making it back. Like, see a lot of suicide vests. We've been in a couple of HBIDs where the whole house is rigged to explode. Yeah. See a lot of explosives. We're flying into a different country. We might get shot down. Like A lot of threats. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yep. We might not make it back on this one, mm-hmm. which was always the case, obviously, but might've been a little bit higher stakes. Sure. So for us to put so much onto the line, like we're not just going to do that. Like, around a bunch of smart motherfuckers that are going to be like, I'm just going to go, sacrifice my life for a maybe like no we're we're not going to do this so the intelligence people definitely did a great job the pilots everybody everybody that had anything to do with that Mm -hmm. really crushed it Mm -hmm. enough to where be like yeah we probably aren't going to make it back but we we believe you Mm. cool who are we going with cool y'all are fucking solid like all right it all it all came together perfectly ended up being um we, we trained for a lot of contingencies it's actually okay. kind of a pretty funny joke. You had to be there, but we trained a lot of contingencies. Um, the one contingency that we didn't train for actually happened where the courtyard or the helicopter actually crashed soft yeah. landed into the courtyard. Yeah. It's the one thing we didn't plan for. I think somebody had brought it up like, Hey, what if we crashed in the courtyard or something? But, uh, <laughs> the one thing the we one didn't consider, thing, which yeah. is what usually happens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, were you on that bird or I was you, not, you were on the other bird. I was on the other bird. Okay. So it was always, I was other, being on that helicopter though. The one that didn't go down? It yeah, was, the one that, the, the new helicopter. That fancy that helicopter. Fancy. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a 60, man. Yeah. It yeah. looked the same from the inside. It's yeah. all the same shit. The pilots look the same. Hey, yeah. I like you guys. Yeah, and the inside the, look the same. They got funny the, helmets up front, shaking yeah, sticks. Yeah, yeah, right. This thing flies just the same. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, um, we landed. And our job, we landed on the outside of the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So our job that night, mine and Cairo's, was to take another guy. I had a swim buddy with me. Uh, two of us in Cairo were to do a couple laps around the perimeter looking for any change of behavior in Cairo. Mm-hmm. He said, saw a lot of explosives overseas. We're looking for anything. I really expected, man, like at least a suicide vest, if not for the whole fucking house to have some sort of explosive. So I'm just looking for that yeah. change of behavior or an escape tunnel. Just looking for him to show signs. So we did a couple laps. I didn't see anything. And we made our way in really focusing on odor and letting the guys, the train was moving so quick. The guys were flowing through the house really quick and I was Mm. just waiting for the call. Come to the second floor, third floor. We have a hidden room. It's like, all right, that, that was probably top of the list. It's probably some sort of hidden room that we can get them into or trying to find a hidden room. So I was looking for explosives Mm -hmm. and for him to key up on some source, just, just act weird. Like, okay, this room he's acting a little fucking weird in. So I started on the first floor and I just started waking my way up to the second floor. And, um, there's glass everywhere. The guys were running and gunning. There was definitely some gunfights happened on the outside perimeter. There was some broken glass everywhere. There was gates up that guys had to breach. Mm-hmm. Like he was fortified in there pretty well. I get to my way to the second floor and um, I actually walked into the room with Rob, Rob O'Neill, and 
as I walk in the room, he goes, I'm pretty sure I just shot that motherfucker in the face. I was like, huh, interesting. Like, we're still working. Like, not, we don't have time to fuck around. We're on a time limit here. Like, okay, cool. Like, I believe you, but yeah, yeah whatever. So I'm just shit watching Cairo work. Okay, we got shit to do. Yeah. Watching Cairo work and looking for explosive odor. Just work in the room, work in the room. And then the call comes over uh, the radio Geronimo and I stop and I look at him and I'm like that. I mean, they're not going to say that over the, that was the call sign for like, it's done. Like hmm. mission accomplished. We have captured or killed him. I stop. I hear it over the radio. I look at him. He looks at me and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like it's yeah. done. Like, uh, that was the first time I ever gave a high five on target. It sounds pretty retarded to say right now. Deservedly so. Super cheesy. No super way. cheesy. <laughs> no like, way. We just don't do that. But High I was five like, and yeah. That was a first. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. That was one of those moments where like, okay, even if we do get shot down on the way back, yeah. even if we don't make it back, we like, it's it done. Like, yeah. Holy fuck. Like, so I stopped for a second. I'm like, and it just happened to be working out perfect. I walk in the room. I think I just shot that motherfucker in the face. Like, cool. Sure you did. Watching him work. Geronimo. I look at him. He looks at me. I'm like, did he just high five? <laughs> <laughs> you did just shoot him in the face. Yeah. It's like, okay, I believe you. Somebody Man. did. And wow. then uh, get back to work and try back to work. Hmm. Feels weird saying, but it was a good man. It was a good feeling. Like, I'll never forget that moment. Like, cool. Mission's accomplished. It's hmm. done. Right back to work. We don't have time to mess around. Yeah. Continue doing sweeps. Looking for odor. We get out of there. Since a helicopter, one of the helicopters got shot down, we had to bring in another one to pick us up. And it was pretty packed. And I remember sitting there on the floor with Cairo in my lap and just... It was it was a good day, so uh, yeah. I bring my little iPod shuffle in and listen to songs, and then just uh, try not to imagine getting shot down, going down. And, yeah. Um, I just held him in my lap, and I listened to a song that I hadn't listened to. So I used to listen to "It's a Great Day to Be Alive" by Travis Tritt. That was like my jam. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I used to sit there with Falco. That was a fucking perfect song, man. Yeah. We're overseas killing bad guys yeah. with the fucking guys I love. It was great. Like that was, yeah. it's a great day to be alive by Travis Tritt. And then Falco died and I just couldn't fucking listen to that song, man. It always mm. reminded me of Falco. It was a little trigger. And I was like, oh, I just, I can't fucking listen to it. Mm. And that fucking song came on and I was like, this is, if there's going to be one time to listen to this fucking song, it's going to be now. Mm. And hopefully we don't get shot down. But mm-hmm. yeah, that song came on and I was like, it was pretty fucking fitting. I hadn't listened to that song since Falco died. It just happened to come on, and it was a great day. And then um, there's a lot of stuff I forget these days. Um, I got injured. I got injured by hand grenade overseas, lots of TBI, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Everybody has the same story. There was a lot of stuff I forget, but I remember landing back in J-Bed, getting off the helicopter, knowing that the mission was accomplished. And I remember just like looking around as we're walking back to the hangar, being like, nobody fucking died. Like, we did it. Like, 100%. And nobody's dead. Like some guys got fragged. There were some gunfights. Sure. Some shit you'll probably never even hear about. I don't know. But um, de- guys definitely got in firefights where they got they took some shrapnel and through the through the door and shit like that. And mm. everybody made it. It was just it yeah. was a very surreal moment. Bill. Like I remember that distinctively. Like getting off the plane and looking around as we're walking the hangar. Like fuck, everybody's co- good. Yeah. How uh, was that received when you got back? It was great. I was a little <laughs> naive, man. <laughs> It was a big deal what we did, but honestly, like it was just another night going after another fucking bad guy. Mm -hmm. We were well taken care of. We were well received when we got back on base. We did whatever we did, handed him over, handed whatever else, what all we had over. Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing I'll never forget is they brought in some chairs and the TV and I'm sitting there with the guys watching the president address the nation with his canoed head, 
literally laying right there. That's another moment I'll never forget. That was a cool one. I was like, man, that's fucking great. Yeah. Wow. We were well taken care of. They had like some pizza for us and everybody was really great. But I didn't expect that when we landed back in Virginia, we got off the hell or the airplane, the door opened and everybody was there. Yeah. Everybody. I didn't, I was like, maybe I'm a little naive, but fuck man. We usually just get back from deployment and maybe there's some people there to say hello. Yeah. It's like, Hey, what's up guys? Good to see you. No. Some people there. Everybody was there. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to miss that. Yeah. Everybody was there. I was like, Oh shit. Cool. Yeah. Hey, thanks for showing up guys. Just surprising. Mm. It was eye opening. It was just another day in the life for you. Everybody was there. Mm. It's like, oh. and <laughs> here we, here we are. When hey, everybody sees hey, everybody. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, man, everybody made it back. Like I said, some people got injured, hurt, like nothing really too major. Sure. I mean, shrapnel is a fucking big thing, but to, yeah. to them, it's nothing. But everybody made it, man. Mm. The, heli- the helicopter crashed. Yeah. Not only did those fucking, those badass 160th pilots, not only did he soft land that thing in the courtyard where it worked out to our advantage, I'm pretty sure he goes, I'll fly that fucking thing out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't yeah. put it past him at all. Those guys are fucking legit. Yeah, I'll get this thing out of here. I don't bet worry. you he would have. Yeah. Not. I don't bet too much. I'd put some fucking money on that. Like, <laughs> I, I believe you. Yeah. Yep. At least I mean, and you know, they yeah. were the best of the best. Fucking a right. Yeah. I mean, we landed up yeah. plenty of lip landings on some weird shit. With like, oh, yeah. how the fuck are you flying this thing? Like, hey, cool. Dude. As yeah. we're jumping off, fucking yeah. shaking the birds. Like, all right. Skill set that comes with that. It's, yeah, next level stuff. as well. I feel pretty comfortable flying with them. I, so, I could sleep on the helicopter ride, no problem. I yeah. fucking just fall same, asleep. Like, cool. Same concept, you know. They put their heart into their, yeah. their craft, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. Every, everybody has these skill sets that culminate together and just execute so beautifully. Yep. Mm. Sure did. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, that's got to be a wild feeling watching the president address the nation after a mission that you've just accomplished. Like I said, I forget a lot of shit these yeah. days. I won't ever forget that. Yeah. That's, that was a great yeah. feeling. That's an iconic. Actually, that's sometimes like, that's like a Kingsman moment where he's got the, <laughs> the you know the different news articles of what he's accomplished because yeah, he right. saved the world. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I won't forget that one. Yeah, I actually good. sometimes will just go back and watch it. The watch the, him address the nation just, yeah. just to bring back that feeling. It's still there. Mm. I need a little pick me up here and there. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, and that's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. Yeah. So you were also on the Captain Phillips mission, and I know. That's also a quite iconic mission. I know Tom Hanks wasn't really there, but... Uh, yeah, he, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. <laughs> Old Tom. Yeah. Yeah, man. But that's, a, that's an interesting mission. Now, were you acting as a dog handler there as well? No, there was no you're... dog on that one. Okay. I basically jumped in and I filled a support role. I had okay. actually just went over to handle a dog. So my team that I had just left to become a dog handler had a big role in that hmm. um, helping support that mission. But unfortunately I was a dog guy then. So I was not part of that team specifically anymore. Okay. So I was just there to support wherever I could. And yeah, it was cool. We did the jump in the snipers were the, the guys that really the head shed and the snipers yeah. were the people. And those are no jokes. I mean, I mean, no joke shots. Yeah. You're making, making a shot from a moving boat from to a moving, another moving boat. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, that's impressive. Moving yeah. carrier, moving boat. Everything's yeah. moving. <laughs> three. How many? I forget. It's Tom. Ask Tom. How many shots at the same time? I forget how many. I think it was three on board at the same time, possibly four okay. simultaneously shots. All at the same time. Yeah, and they all have to be, and there's an American hostage on the line. Yeah. I remember talking with one of the, the snipers. He's a very good friend, and he's solid, man. 
he's such a fucking solid operator. I love him to death. Like he was one of the smartest and most capable people I know. Mm. And even him, like thank God he put in all that fucking work, all those guys, because one person fucks that shot up and it doesn't always, the the, the hostage rescue was obviously very successful. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch the Tom Hanks movie. (laughs) (laughs) They don't always turn out successful, right? Yeah. One guy misses a shot. You know what's going to happen? That guy's yeah. going to pick up an AK and just yeah, hostage it, is gone now. Hostage is gone. So getting to talk with him, I actually went to his house and got to sit behind the fire and like, said so this guy had been around, seen some shit, mm. and the feeling that he had is just like getting to sit there and like have a conversation like us, except it's not recorded and like, so what's up, man? And just tell him like that was no, those were no joke fucking shots. Hats yeah. off to every single person. And um, he's like, man, I was so nervous about the hostage. So we have this obstacle called the slide for life and buds on the O course. It's basically, you have a three story platform. Mm-hmm. You uh, get up one story, however you can either hoist yourself up or do like this, grab onto the ledge and do some backflip, you know, three stories up Yeah, You're pretty high up off the ground. And then there's a rope that goes from third story and it just kind of slides down. So you get on top of the rope and you slide. Hopefully if you can, if you flip upside down then you have to like mm-hmm. shuffle your way, I think we're being recorded shimmy. so people can kind of see my perfect explanation. <laughs> <laughs> you shimmy your way down like that. But yeah. if you op- op- optimally, you can get on top of the rope and shimmy your way down. It's like, when the fuck are we ever going to use this? <laughs> so this scenario that we did actually paid off. The guy's like, I physically couldn't like, I'm pretty sure if the rope wouldn't have been there, he would have jumped into the water and swam to the dinghy. Yeah. He hopped on the rope and slid for life all the way down to the dinghy just to fucking check on him. And he's like, I, I was getting physically sick to my stomach to like, I couldn't sit there anymore. Like I had to go and yeah. had to go check, go check, that's man. Insanity. There's a hostage. There's an American hostage on the line. Like yes. Yeah. But it, it just as a true testament to how much training goes in hundred uh, percent, like those snipers at some point you have to be on a boat moving and right. practice you know, consistently, because that is not an average shot. No. Yeah. Those guys could have just taken the day, early day, plenty of times. Like, I'm going to go to the bar. Or I'm going to go do this. Or I'm mm-hmm. going to go fuck off. They put in the work. They put in the hours at the range, perfecting and honing their skills to mm-hmm. where pulled it off, man. Yeah. Good job. Hats off. And three, three p- individuals. Right. Three individuals it's no perfectly joke. executed. You can't even do it justice by explaining it. It's fucking no joke. That's magic. Yeah. That Think is. about the pressure. I oh. can't imagine. Think about the oh, shots okay. alone well, with no pressure. Anyone knows in hunting, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So put that yeah. for the for the audience there when you're hunting, you get that yeah that shake right yeah. before. Yeah. And it's the same thing, except you know overseas you have people shooting back, but now you're on a boat, you're moving, everything. Now you got an American hostage on the line. Mm-hmm. There's so many variables that could throw even the best shooter off. Hundred percent. Yeah. All of those no things to come chill. together. Yeah. Nailed impressive. it. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. Brought you best for the day. So yeah. I can't do it justice. Hats off to those guys. Mm. I didn't have anything to do with it. I was just there to support. I wish I could say I took all three shots, but that is not the case. <laughs> yeah, that would be dope. <laughs> I did not Chuck Norris it. Yeah. No, but I mean. Oh, man, it was to, cool to be part of a hostage rescue, a yeah, successful yeah. hostage rescue. It was really. Yeah, one of the most iconic hostage, hostage rescues in history. Oh, yeah. Tom Hanks wanted to do something. Yeah. Really. <laughs> it was yeah. cool. That jump in was interesting. Yeah, you guys uh, landed in the water, right? Yeah, it was great. Like, there's a bunch of sharks in that water. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna land on the boat, <laughs> into the boat. <laughs> I, 
not a very big jumper, but I landed pretty close. I was impressed with myself. Like, hey, fuck yeah, yeah. right there, right Sharks next to the boat. Sharks to motivate, man. Sharks to motivate. <laughs> the man in the gray suit. He's a real thing. <laughs> so I remember jumping out and looking at the air and I was like, mm, this is fucking dangerous. Mm. There was a lot of canopies out there. Yeah. It was a, it was a plethora of people jumping that day. Oh, was there? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people in it the air. A lot of people in the air. I was like, well, I'm going to fuck off. I'm going to stay over here in my own little happy space. And then this is, that looks like, I don't know what to be part of anything to do. Where's my boat? There it is. I had a couple canopies together, but it was, uh, there was some, there was some canopies in the air that day. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't normal operating procedure. That's for sure. Not what we're used to. Yeah. But it was good. Mm. It's a good day, man. Good day when everybody comes back as well. Oh yeah. So, um, How's uh, how's how's everything nowadays? So you got out like how, what was it, what was after that? I suppose after that. So after the Bin Laden mission, I, I, for a while there, I just kind of wish I died after, during that mission. Mm. So we get back. Extortion seventeen happens where we lost a lot of guys. That mm. was a that was a big loss for our community. So that was the first time my hair fell out, and I, I had uh, not the best girlfriend at the time. I. My own fault, but this is not a very good relationship. I thought she had shaved my head in my sleep. <laughs> this kind of explains the relationship I was in. Mm. Woke up on the couch. I was drinking a lot, period. Um, a little bit, you know, I, I was, I like to drink, you sure. know, so it was, but after extortion happened, it turned into a real big problem. Mm. Like it was like drinking myself to sleep every night, looking at pictures of my friends and, uh, drinking myself trying to kill a gallon of vodka every single night pretty Mm -hmm. much and then my hair fell out i thought i got shaved in my sleep and i go over to my friend's house and his wife's like no that's alopecia i'm like what's alopecia i go to the doctors and they're like it's either stress induced or it's hereditary i'm like well it's not hereditary and we just lost a couple guys it's pretty easy to see i'm like no big deal nothing you could do for it after that my fingernails fell out for a little bit Hmm. it's weird they didn't like completely fall off they just got real brittle so it was like the fingernail wasn't there, but it was just flakes and it hurt. Like everything I touched hurt. And that lasted for, I don't know, at least a year, hmm. if not two. So that was weird. I'm not sure if that was stress or if that was just something I picked up. You never got this figured out? No, I never got that one figured out. <laughs> I still. <laughs> That's a very abnormal. Yeah, they just grew back one day. I'm yeah. guessing it's stress, but it could be like, I don't know, probably got some fucking parasite killing me from the inside who knows <laughs> i don't know you gotta get these things checked out yeah I my did. friend dude i was a dev group like, yeah i got the best in the fucking world yeah like, i would go to the doctors like yeah. you don't know cool well nothing huh? we're still deploying hair grew back eventually and then uh on another hostage rescue it was a successful hostage rescue but unfortunately we lost uh one of my best friends his name was nick check mm. he died on that um my hair fell out again he sacrificed his life to save the hostage. Um, it was pretty easy to see at that fucking point. Like it's definitely stress induced. Yeah. Like, yeah. Extortion happens. Hair falls out. I'm fine. I'm fine. As I'm fucking pounding monsters, talking to the psych. Like I'm good. I'm yeah. fine. I'm getting fat as fuck, drinking myself to sleep every night. I'm like, no, I'm good. Mm. We're still deploying. And then eventually, man, people were looking at me weird. My, all the guys on my team, the leadership was sitting me down. They're like, I was showing up late. Like I never show up late. I love my job. Yeah. Smelling like booze, like drinking myself to sleep. And I eventually show up late because I slept in. It doesn't fly. It doesn't mm. fly at that command period. So yeah. like having sit downs with my leadership. I'm getting fat as fuck, not working out. It was a bad time, man. Um, 
I got a little bit of treatment under my belt um, for the drinking stuff, and then I tried to hop back in the train, starting to redeem myself after some mistakes that I made. And then in 2012, I I was hit by a hand grenade, Mm -hmm. and that was pretty much the end of my career. The migraines Mm -hmm. after that just wasn't the same person. I was a... I think it was old Jimmy Hatch said it. You're either like an asset or a liability. I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty much fucking it. And I was definitely a liability, and that was a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah. coming to terms with that. Fucking a. Yeah, it's like I was Just a liability. Wears on you. You know, it's no longer. I was gonna. You know, I was not only gonna get myself killed. What if I get somebody else killed? Yeah, yeah. trying to live with that. I, would I got be. a fucking problem. The wheels were falling off big time. The guys mm. were seeing it. I just was using other excuses, like, oh, it's the drinking, or it's the fucking yeah girl i'm with or it's fucking this or it's that it's like nah bro the wheels are falling off like yeah. i look back on it now like i remember being in in the muster or whatever somebody's having a command muster you get all fucking dressed up in your camis and shit like that and mm-hmm. i'm having a fucking comb over and guys are poking my bald spot and muster fucking with me like ah look at this shit and everybody had alopecia i'm like does anybody know what this is like yeah most guys had it in their beard yeah mm-hmm. just big bald spots in their beard but i had a big fucking comb over on the top of my head and guys are poking me like, <laughs> look at this shit. I'm like, hey, it's normal. Yeah. But I look back on it now. It's like, mm, Hey dude, your hair's falling out. Like your fingernails fell out. Like the wheels were coming something's off. Your, wrong. Something's, something's wrong. wrong. You're drinking yourself and not your sleep every wrong. night. Like it's not normal to do that. Yeah. I never stuck a gun in my mouth, but I was just killing myself slowly. Sure. Yeah. yeah like so, a coward. So did you start to address it? I did. At that point? Little by little. I mean, I had some good, very good leadership. I know I've said that multiple times, but I really did. Hmm. They took care of me to the best of their ability at the, at the time, at the command, and then eventually it was just time to move on. Mm-hmm. And I, after the hand grenade in 2012, I got hit a little bit. The migraines got real bad. Yeah. Uh, memory loss, it was bad. It's still, it's not the best, man. I, I don't like to say that out loud just because I, I feel as if I can fix it with other modalities. Like, I'm 39. Like, I can... That shit ain't going to last forever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's is a real thing. Like I, my, my memory can get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are medicine. There is medicine out there that can fix my fucking brain. Yeah. So, lots of therapies. Lots of there. shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't even like to say it out loud, but the memory loss is not the best fucking. I used to be a pretty high functioning individual. Mm-hmm. I can multitask. And then it's like, I leave the cup of water in the fucking, at the refrigerator and I walk away to go do something and then to see if I can like come back. And it's like 30 seconds tops. Yeah leave the Yeti in the thing to see if I can come back and the fucking thing's overflowing. Cause I, I can't remember that the fucking cups in there, like mm. short term. Like what do I have going on? Is there too much in my life going on? Like mm-hmm. anyways, it was not, it was not good. Like I remember sitting there watching a guy and he's like, he's going to become a team leader. He's running like two or three trips. He's getting his black belt in jujitsu. He's on the way. Like, I don't forget what belt he was. Anyways, he's like, he's working his way up. Mm-hmm. He's got multiple kids raising a family. He's going to college. I'm like, dude, you're fucking got everything going on. I can't run one fucking trip. Mm-hmm. One easy fucking trip. Mm. And then I'm laying there with fucking my, anyways, not, I'm not saying this to be, to boo hoo on me. It was just like, I look back on it. And I'm like, it wasn't, it wasn't good. It's yeah. just, you know, breaks are never to be had as well yeah. and that's a compounding issue mm. <laughs> you, you know is. deployment after deployment years after years and some guys can do it yeah. yeah some guys can fucking keep going and rocking and for me the wheels came off completely i would say and i'm glad my hair fell out i'm glad my fingernails because i was sitting there and like am i going crazy mm. like, am i just being a, a pussy 
Yeah. Yeah. Really? Like, do I just not want this job anymore? Am I just being a bitch? Do I just not have it anymore? Like, mm. what the fuck is wrong with me? Am I, what am I, what is this migraine shit? Am I making this up yeah. with this memory loss? Am I just making excuses? Like what? I don't feel the fucking same. Mm. Am I going fucking crazy? Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad my hair fell out because it's a physical symptom of like, because I really thought I was going fucking crazy. Yeah. It's showcasing. Mm-hmm. Am I that, making this shit up? Correct. And yeah. I, do I not just want to be here anymore? I yeah. fucking love this job. Do I not just admit it? Am I being a bitch? Like, do I not just want to be here with the team anymore? Okay. Am I too much of a bitch to say it's time to fucking move on? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's something was off. Something like, okay, Something is fucking off. Like my hair yeah. is falling out. All right, cool. All right. At least I know I'm not fucking, I know I'm, I'm a little crazy, but yeah. At least there's some yeah indicating factors. At least there was a little yeah a little bit of feedback there. Like mm-hmm. okay something's off. So it's, yeah yeah so it's been about ten years now since you started to I guess since you got injured. Yep. And since you started your medical separation that ended in about you know 2015. You 2015. Said. So since then, what are the, some of the things that you've been working on? Um, specifically, I know brain health is very important to you yep. and trying to manage searching for alternate modalities and pretty much utilizing everything at your disposal. To make sure that your you know your brain health is functional, we'll do everything, man. So, so. The, the three big ones. So when I got out, it was a big transition out. Hmm. I almost drank myself to death a couple of times. I was two hundred fifty plus pounds, just a wow bag of shit, man. I had a good uh, team around me, people hmm. who cared about me, who kept me on, kept me from sticking a gun in my mouth. I guess hmm. um, but I was just killing myself, booze slowly. And I, like I said, I, I had a couple incidences where I shouldn't be here. It's a real bad time. So I had one of my best friends, his name is Jared Shaw. He reached out and he was going to a program for uh, the TMS treatment, transcranial magnetic stimulation Mm -hmm. through the brain treatment foundation. And the lady who runs that is fucking awesome. Her name is Kara. She's like, she always goes above and beyond. She's like, do too much. I'm like, it's like, Hey, I got to tell her to stop. You're doing so much. Please. Like, thank you. But just great. So he was going, he knew her and she, he knew how great she was. And he used the whole, if I, if you don't go, I'm not going. So, cause I didn't know her. Like, yeah. He knew her. He knew how good the, he, he believed what she was putting out. I had been through enough shit by then. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just don't fucking believe anything anymore. I've been on the meds and the migraine meds, and antidepressants. Yeah. Stick the ganglion block in my fucking neck. Mm-hmm. Sykes, float tanks, this, that, I don't know. None of it was working. Eh, yeah. No. So I was like, yeah, I've played, I played, I'm, t- I'm tired of doing this treatment stuff. So he played mm-hmm. the whole. I'm not going if you don't go. I was like, sorry, fuck it. I'm going. Went out to California for I can't remember, eight, nine weeks. Yeah. It was a couple great. months. A couple months. And you do that every day, right? You're doing do it every day. Magnetic stimulation. Yep. So Kara put me on the nutrition program. Mm-hmm. They'd have great meals for us. In the mornings, you'd have, you'd have your food made to where you're eating healthy. You go work out in the morning and you'll either get a decent workout in or you'll see the physical therapist if both. I forget mm. if, it, if it switched. Okay. But you're getting physical therapy and you're getting good workouts. And then the second half of the day, you're getting the MERT treatment. And then you just go back and hang out. Mm. And so that was that was a good thing. It was a, I think it, it, just like anything, it wore off after a while. Okay. But you saw some Definitely improvement saw afterwards. Some significant improvement. Okay. Like, okay. So that was my first step towards treating myself mm. like the ganglion block worked for maybe a tad yeah not for me i did it twice the second time i really didn't feel anything mm. the, the tms treatment that worked for a good little bit and then just you know came back off started drinking i was still drinking quite a bit and then uh if you've heard of the vets program through marcus oh, yeah. and amber yeah. capone yep. so that was probably pretty life-changing 
So you went down to Mexico to yeah. did a little bit of psychedelic treatment. How did that respond for you? That was outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Dave outstanding. and I, yeah, Dave and I both partook in, uh, in October of last year. Nice. Yeah. Life changing stuff. It is a life changing. Yeah. So I don't think it's a fix all that stuff wears off as well. Sure. Definitely the most profound treatment that I found. And I'm not saying it's for everybody. I think everybody is on different levels. Mm-hmm. You could also have a psychotic break. Yeah. Like I equate it to like going under for brain surgery. It's a big <laughs> fucking deal. It is. If a you big need deal. it. Cool. Don't go fuck with it. Don't go play with it. And yeah. mm-hmm. I'm going to do it again and again and again and again. Like, no, I think it's like a good modality or a good tool to use. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to fucking do it again if I don't have to. <laughs> but cool. Like, all right, now it's like you use that as a tool. Like, don't kill yourself. Because we have guys, unfortunately, killing us, killing themselves. Yeah. Even as of recently, which is fucking terrible, man. I just... Yeah, last two weeks have been pretty heavy. It's been for, pretty rough, man. Yeah, it's the been community. a rough year. So anybody that's in that position, like, hey, just please come take a look. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. But it's like, at least... Keep trying. Keep trying. Keep There's trying, man. so many modalities so out there. There's so much out there. Yeah, you can continue trying new things 100%. time after time. Something's and that's something all me too for work. being. It's just don't quit like everything else. Don't quit, man. Don't so quit for team guys to quit. It just doesn't fucking sit right with me. Yeah, yeah. and it's the same with mental health. You got to continue to drive to fix it, like it's... like you would critique yourself in any other training that you do. CQB, what am I doing? Own those skills. Right. You do the glass houses. Do the 100%. shoot houses. How can I improve? Got to do the same thing with your brain. It scares yeah. me. Because everybody always says, I would have never guessed that guy would have done that. Yeah. I yeah. hear that quite often. And it scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. I like, mean, what if I have just lost good friend Joe Cap? You know, he, he uh, wrote a book, same thing. And would have been some of the guys you would have never thought to do it. And so it's, it's surprising. It comes at everybody and it comes at such a shock to those around them right. as well. It's so, brutal. It's a good tool to use. But now I say, I work a lot with. Uh, the Warrior Health Foundation, run mm-hmm. by a next teammate of mine called Sean Rosario. He just does your lab work and puts you on all the supplements mm-hmm. and gets you in contact with a, a solid doctor. Excuse me. So blood work, sleep, and nutrition and exercise, man. Those are like my three big ones. Yeah. I, have, I, I use a fucking sleep machine, mm. which I love. It's fucking awesome. A sleep machine. A little fucking like, CPAP. Oh, the CPAP? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great, man. Yeah. If you haven't had one, it's the best thing ever. It's fucking <laughs> awful. <Sarcasm>. It's awful. <laughs> it's fucking awful, yeah. but it's that important. It's like, like somebody's blowing up your nose the whole night. It's great. You yeah. put the Bane mask on your face and then try to get some sleep. Well, everybody hates it. So I, But I, I found that, I mean, if you stop breathing however many times a fucking hour, like yeah. how good is my sleep? You get no You're not getting good quality sleep. sleep. Yeah. So yeah. be cool. Give me the fucking sleep. Get, get good sleep. Getting your blood work done, getting good sleep, and then exercise when you can in nutrition. And there's other modalities, breath work. That's yeah. it. Mindfulness. Yeah. Mindfulness. There's all kinds of different shit, but those are, there's all kinds of shit you can do. Big, those are big ones, though. Those are big ones. Those are the big ones. Get your sleep good. Sleep, exercise, yeah. nutrition. Right? Mm-hmm. Some sort of movement. And even my fat ass. You know, sometimes I slack. I'm traveling <laughs> not, on lately. You not said not fat ass. Anymore. Oh, <laughs> not fat anymore. You know, I'm not too For all of our just audio listeners, he's actually 350 pounds. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm broke 350. Brick shit house over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> 250 lean. But yeah, if I don't find myself in the gym, which I've been traveling these last two months, and I, I've been slacking, man. Mm. I feel the anxiety build up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my back is starting to hurt. Mm. A noticeable difference. Move. I yeah. have to do like, yeah. like I've skipped leg day for the last two months or anything, any sort yeah. of exercise. And I feel my back in pain. Mm-hmm. If I'm lifting and I'm staying consistent with it, it definitely, it doesn't go away. It never goes away, but it gets better. It gets fucking better, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny how that works. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> and blood work is easy. It's literally in the numbers. You can't make this shit up. Yeah. Let's go get yep. your blood work done. 
you're deficient in this. Have a doctor, a real doctor, look at your shit. Absolutely. This is what you need. This is your optimal blood work. Cool. What else? Sleep. Perfect. What supplements do I need? Eat better and move. What supplements do I need? Yeah. Mm. It all makes sense. And then there's other modalities that you can uh, definitely. Okay. So that's a good base. Yeah. What else? Breath work, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I mean, e- even, even yoga. Yoga is yeah. huge, man. Yoga is yeah. a great one. And that's that, you know, your body is so tight. Fucking A. From all the operating that you do. It's so tight. I remember and it's oh, years and years of buildup. You gotta, you gotta stretch it out. How, how often stretch. do we stretch? And breathe. Shit. Even just sitting at a computer all day. Oh, like, yeah, right. You, you can be tight from operating. Yeah. But if you're sitting at a computer all day yeah. long, same thing. I hurt so bad yeah. on the car rides now. Yeah. I gotta get out and stretch the yeah. fuck out. I remember being at one of the treatment centers and the physical therapist. She's sitting there hitting me on the back, going, relax. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? She was hitting me, going, relax. I'm like, this is fucking me, relax. Like, uh oh. What do you mean, relax? Like, I can't relax. I can't pull over anymore. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I am relaxed. I can't relax anymore. Can't pull over any further. I can't pull over any further, bro. Like, I don't know what you mean. Uh, That's that's a crazy one. But, uh, dude. Good on you for for doing the therapies that you need to mm. to get over it because that that's a hard one. You know, we we feel as men especially to just we got to tough it out and mm. just rub some dirt on it and stop being a pussy. But that's not the case. You know, we need to be able to take care of our minds so that we can take care of our team. Yeah, yeah. everybody goes through trauma. Everybody in life, life mm-hmm. is you can't have the fucking good without the bad. Everybody is going to it experience is. that. Is trauma is there to test you at some point in time? You are going to have loss. You were going to experience some sort of sort of hardship. Yeah, it just looks different, man. It's how you overcome it. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I had a good support system around me. I had good people to mm-hmm. where I did have people, and I, I still slack these days, not for not reaching out to guys and be like, you always say it's easy. Hey, reach out and reach out, especially with what's happened recently. Yeah. Do I fucking do it as much as I should? I'm getting so busy with work and shit. I'm like, I don't know. I don't. So I slack. Yeah. Obviously, I, I need to. It's just a phone call or a yeah. text, check in, or it's real quick, real easy. It can be, and yet I don't do it as much as I should. I think we're all at fault of that, too. Right. So it's yeah. just to say it, get in people's minds, even my own. Hmm. It does it does make a difference, man. Set those intentions, right? Set the intentions, yeah. follow through. For sure. That's it. Yeah. That's it, brother. Well, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your story. It was a hell of a ride, that's for sure. It still is, man. It's still <laughs> got a long ways to go. Yeah. It's only started. That is. That is. So so. I'm in my prime. That's right. So and if you have that mindset, man, you can take on anything. That's right. That yeah. is. There's plenty of shit to do. Thanks for joining us today, Will. Thanks for one more, me, one more time, the name of your book, and where can people find you? So the name of the book is No Ordinary Dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easiest way to find me is we're building a website right now. It should be up and running here soon. It's willchesney.net. Okay. It's spelled Kenny, just like Kenny Chesney, C-H-E-S-N-E-Y. Mm-hmm. And my Instagram is probably another way. I don't really check my messages all that much. I kind of suck, but if I do do any sort of social media, it's my Instagram, which is uh, Will Cheese with three E's. Will Cheese. Cheese. Throw an old school came out. Was my oh, yeah. Cheese. Yeah, I got out. <laughs> we locked him in a dumpster <laughs> once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks so much, Will. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. An absolute and same pleasure. here. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for it's all good. you've done. Great chatting with you all. This has been the Medivac Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in uh, reaching out or getting in touch with myself or Dave, head on over to our Instagram. It's the easiest way to get in touch with us, at Medivac Podcast or medevacpodcast.com. There's a little email button on there. Let us know the guests you want to see, topics you want us to discuss, and more. Yeah. All right. Take care, everybody. See you later. Bye. See you.